but we eschew the word goal around here because it's unseemly. <laughs> this is the Creative Double Shot, a conversation about building the creative life you want. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Ginger. If you want more creativity in your life, let's talk. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Creative Double Shot. Welcome. Today, we're talking about intention and how it applies and the different ways that it can apply, because it's not just, there's sort of like the the woo-woo intention. Like, I set an intention and put it out to the universe, and Mm. then it's going to come back, and and I'm just going to wait for it to happen, because it's going to magically happen. And then there's those kinds of intentions that you set, but then you also work toward them, which probably is more in line with creative practice type stuff. And then, oh, oh, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, in which you continue to name them. Yes. Right. And it's kind of like a beacon. Follow through on them. Yeah. It gives you like a guidepost. And some might say that might even call it a goal, Mm. an intention and a goal. But we eschew the word goal (laughs) around here because it's unseemly. And then there's, once you've set this intention, sort of a bigger picture intention, then there's actually intention within that every day, within particular parts of your projects or whatever it is you're working on. And so it's intention all the way down. One of the things that I've been doing lately, which I've mentioned a number of times, I've made this intention within my novel writing process at this point. I've gotten the critique, I've gotten a couple of read-throughs myself, and I realize I need in order to have more depth in my story, I need to know more about the world. I need to know more about the people. So I've decided to carve out this time and I've, I'm making this intention to focus on that particular piece because I think that's where the gold is for me at this moment. And uh, so there's basically like this little intention within the big intention of writing the novel. So yeah. it has to have the interest and the excitement sort of behind it. I mean, I've set many, many intentions in my life that I really didn't want to do. Yeah, I, I think that's a great, that's a hugely great point. And maybe that's a little daunting, but it really speaks to the heart of what we believe in here at the Creative Double Shot is that it should be interesting and it should be exciting. And even if it's difficult, it should still have those elements because that is a way to continue on and, you know, sort of have a purpose that's not odious. And maybe not only do we say that on the Creative Double Shot, but we discovered that because of the creative double shot almost, or we clarified that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, was, I was reading back through a journal today that goes back almost 10 years. And in that journal, I, I'm kind of like poking around at the idea of like, well, it has to be something like, it has to be interesting to me. And who am I, like, it was more like I was asking questions like, who am I writing for? Like, what am I doing this for? You know, at that time I was hitting on like, well, I know, you know, I want the accolades. I know I want the validation, you know, I want to be published. Yeah, I want these yeah. things. And, and mercifully, being famous wasn't one of the things that was in there. But but they were all, they were all external rewards, and and I think it's really cool, like looking back on that and and how, you know, somewhat introspectively naive I was about myself and my creative practice at the time because I was only a couple few years in, which is really neat. Yeah. And so yeah, to your point about the podcast being super helpful, I think I think that's true, and I think. A lot of the work that I started on right before we started the podcast is, is also very much rooted in that. But stating that intention even, right? Like I'm doing this for me and it has been super helpful so that 
when I kind of like, oh, you start imagining what people are going to, how they're going to respond to your masterpiece or, you know, or, you know, you imagine what you would like it to be. It's like, well, that's cool, but really I'm more interested in doing this for myself because I want to be able to have created this thing that I want to read. Yeah. And yet Octavia Butler is a great example of someone who we recently found out had set all of these intentions in her early career. Like, I'm going to be known. Yeah. Which is interesting because we talked about that a little bit before we got on here was the idea of if success is your intention, that's fine. And obviously it worked for her in terms of being known. And I, I don't know how her... And she defined her success very clearly, too. I think a lot of us have sort of a, an unclear idea of what exactly we want. And she was very intentional yeah. about and clear about what she wanted. Which is fascinating because there are probably a lot of things wrapped up in making those kinds of like bold declarations or bold intentions in that two things I can think of immediately. One is that's just being greedy. Can't, shouldn't I just be content with, you <laughs> right. know, whatever... The second one is if you say it, then what happens if you fail and then you're feel, you know, right. fear of failure and all that stuff. So that's interesting. And, and so you don't have to make public declarations of your intentions, um, but it's good for you to have them at least for yourself so that you have markers along the way. And when you find yourself kind of getting lost in the wilderness, you can revisit them and decide if they're still meaningful to you and then you can change them. I don't think hers were public. They were in her journal, right? That they found after. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. They're public now. Yes. <laughs> it makes her look like a genius. No. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. But I know that a lot of times people, especially in the age of social media, well, absolutely. are happy to tell you how they're going to do it. And I've got this plan. It's all worked out. And then they disappear off the face of the earth and like so many plans in our lives. But I think it goes back to what you were saying as far as things being like, what is it that you really want? If you're being intentional about like, okay, I am doing this creative work because it's fulfilling and all this stuff, that's cool. Versus I want to be famous and well-known and thought of as intelligent and witty, but I don't really want to do the work to, right. be, to, to achieve <laughs> that. Um, then the plan can fall apart pretty quickly. Right, because that's probably ego. And that's another oh, yeah. thing we've really examined yes. since doing the podcast is this sort of separation between ego and true creative desire. Yeah. Versus ego desire to make something that appeals to other people or, yeah. Which is interesting because I wonder if you can create without ego. Because who are you to create in the first place? You know, so you have to have some measure of, well, I'm worthy of doing this. Exactly, yeah. Which is fascinating too. But see, ego has such a negative connotation, but it doesn't have to. I mean... Yeah, like egotistical. You're so egotistical. Right. A healthy sense of self-worth and the idea that every human is creative and has a drive to create and is worthy of creating. Well, and so sometimes the ego is useful. Right. And other times it can be a hindrance, such as the the inner critic when the egoic mind is like, hey, boy, he really stinking the joint up there. (laughs) So, which is also very much in line with a lot of the things that that we've talked about, that it's not black and white. It's not like, oh, well, good and bad. It's just kind of like having the inner critic take a back seat. Like, hey, I know you're here and that's fine, but, uh, you know, just lay low, at least during this part. And then we can come out and we can talk about this later, which is also kind of intentional too, right? I mean, they're, they're, they're 
in non-creative ways, just psychological ways where you can set intentions about like, hey, I'm not going to beat myself up over this first draft or these first series of paintings in this series that I'm just starting. I did. I set an intention to not be mean to myself. And I really believe that that has borne some fruit. You know, just not, I'm not going to have a running commentary to myself or I'm not going to use Abusive, abusive is a strong word, but you know, I'm not going to use derogatory language towards myself and my efforts. It's not, it's not useful. I I was thinking too of the intention that you set when you decided not to show your latest series Mm. for a long time and just lean into it. And I know you've talked about it here before, but I think it's worth mentioning. And so again, there are all these little levels of, or big levels that intention occurs, which maybe you're not even cognizant that you're setting intentions. But I think when you have real strong, you know, a handful of real strong intentions, that it does make it easier to stay the course and mm-hmm. kind of see the long view of things. It's like, yeah, it's so, you know, oh, this day was hard, but tomorrow might be better. And I know there'll be better days. And if I go back to my intentions and the feelings that I feel when I imagine those intentions being realized, then it makes it easier to continue as well. If you imagine how you feel when the thing happens, then it's all, you've already done it, right? You've, it's already there waiting for you. Yeah. And I really have found that I can set an intention, and when I'm really good about following it, the manifestation sometimes is a little farther off than I thought. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, the manifestation itself is the good feeling, so you have that immediately. But I've been setting an intention at the beginning of every week that I'm going to just be present and engage. Oh, I'm going to show up. That's A. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be present and engaged. And I've really noticed this incredible roller coaster that some days it's so easy to get there and sit down. And I get overwhelmed with, I have so many good ideas and I'm going to die before I can get them all down. <laughs> and then the very next day, yeah. I'll sit down and go, I don't have a single idea. But I've noticed that that intention of showing up and being there every day after several weeks of stating that very clearly in my journal at the beginning of the week, I'm having a smoother go of it. You know, I'm able yeah. to ride out those crazy emotion, and which may be ego uh, it's, saying stuff like, what are you, you're washed up? <laughs> washed up. <laughs> you're a has-been. <laughs> has-been who never was. Oh, was. wait. <laughs> Well, it's funny because I, I, at the beginning I talked about intent and intention. I think actually what I meant was intentional versus intention. So oh. being intentional about coming to your, like you oh, can right. have the intent, but like actually intentionally showing up every day yeah. as opposed to like, well, I'm going to wait till the muse hits oh. or that kind of stuff. And I was riding bikes with my brother the other day and he's actually the one who suggested, he had just listened to a bunch of episodes like, have, have you guys talked about intent? And then I said, what, you mean like camping? And he said, no. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) We'll save that one for the archives. Cut that out. Um, No, but, (laughs) but, uh, and that was his thing is that that whole idea of just showing up, you know, I mean, that was the nugget of his idea. And I think that's a really good one because as we've mentioned countless times, it's amazing what happens when you do show up, even on those days where you're having a hard time showing up, but you eventually do. It's like, well all right, I noodled around on some ideas in my journal or I wrote a paragraph or I even got a couple sentences down. 
it's still something, right? Because it gets those wheels turning. And if you don't show up, then that's not going to happen. It's putting something in the bank. That's right. And think of how many times you're out and about, maybe you're you know, running or driving and you have thoughts. And by the time you get back to your practice to write them down or whatever, you just, you can't remember them in their fullness. And it's easier to get into that thinking state when you show up at your practice mm-hmm. than it is when you're just sort of like waiting. Like it happens at very inopportune moments right. sometimes. When you have intent, and this is where I kind of confuse myself, but where you have intent, you have this intent to do something. Like I want to do a series only in pen and ink, but you haven't done anything with it yet. You're just thinking about it. So there's this intention, this intent in your head to do something. And then the next thing you have to do is be intentional about it and show up <laughs> and then set your intentions once you show up. <laughs> I know I'm, I'm making this more complicated than it needs to be, but uh, I do think it, it, it's interesting it, and maybe it's semantics, but there are these different manifestations of the idea, I think. Yeah, I don't know. It, it just, it's fascinating because that speaks to language and how confusing it can be. And we think we know what someone's saying and when in fact we don't. We don't even know what we ourselves are saying. Who Sometimes. am I? It's, it's true. I'm sorry. What did I say? I blacked out there for a minute. Oh, I went down a real rabbit hole this week with words because I thought of a potential title. I've already named this new series, but which I do love the name. But I also came up with this other word that I was thinking of. So I, you know, looked it up in the dictionary and or looked at the synonyms and then went down a hole looking at another word that, oh, and then I found out that two of the words I've been looking at over the last three years, their use in the general lexicon has gone up precipitously. Mm -hmm. So I just find that so interesting. I'm tapping into the the zeitgeist. The zeitgeist, yeah. The geist of sight. I'm not sure what that has to do with intention, but... It doesn't. Uh, we, I was just talking about the, the... Well, I mean, it does. But language is so fascinating. Because of the language of the words intent, intention, intentional, when they're, they are very much from the same nuclear family, but they are not all the same person in that yes. family. Yes. Oh. Yeah. They have their own personalities and picadillos. They do. Wait. And peccadillos. Peccadillos. <laughs> Armadillos. Picadillos. Wait. <laughs> picadillos isn't a word? <laughs> it is now. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I can say that by setting intentions, it's made my practice that much more enjoyable Mm -hmm. because having that centering piece of reminding myself of the whys of why I'm doing this particular project, more more so than why am I creating, but why am I doing this particular project? Because it's very easy to get bored with a project if you're not really sure why you're doing it and you feel like you're flailing. It's made it very easy to stay the course in a very broad sense where I'm still headed toward the same place, but maybe I'm taking some different routes to get there, to get new information, to be doing a lot of character exploration and backstory exploration more so than it's funny how how far I've gotten without really digging into a lot of that stuff. But that, that critique I had really tipped me off that that was some necessary work that I needed to do. And, uh, I think the cool thing is that it's going to serve me in future projects as well. Kind of cool. And that it just seems to be fun. Well, I mean, it you is. You just absolutely. seem to be having fun. Yeah, I guess so. I guess <laughs> it's fun. No, absolutely. 
And in reading John McPhee's draft number four, he was working with this editor at the New Yorker and the, the editor really took his time with pieces. And he was this fascinating guy where he would, John McPhee would turn in this 50,000 word article for, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. and then the next morning the guy would be like, come into my office. And he would start quizzing John about like he'd read the whole thing and, and knew everything that like all these nuanced things. Wow. And then he'd forget them. But for that particular moment in time, he was very much invested in it. At one point, I think they were working over a story and it seemed to be taking a long time. And the editor said to him, he says, it takes as long as it takes. And which is a very parent thing to say to kids. Yes. When are we going to be there? <laughs> when we get there. But I think it, it's, a, it, it's a nice thing to revisit from time to time because if you have an idea in your mind of this goal that you want to reach in terms of whatever it is, sophistication, nuance, depth, any of that kind of stuff in your work, then you're only shortchanging yourself if you're in a hurry as right. opposed to having that intention of like, I'm going to, I, I want to write a lot of books, but if, if it takes me a long time to do this one, then, then so be it. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, because then there are, the, the other thing is there are always other things you can work on on the side as you're working on a main project or you can do multiple projects at one time. I, then the flip side of that is I keep thinking of the movie <laughs> Wonder Boys uh, with Michael Douglas. He has this giant thousand page novel and he just can't stop working on it. And then at one point he's in the parking lot and he drops it and the paper's flying everywhere and it just all blows <laughs> oh, that's away. Right. And so there's the flip side to that too, yeah. not being too precious about it. But uh, I can objectively say that I'm not anywhere near where I want it to be. So it's, it's worth taking as much time as I need to, to to get there. So I set that intention. Yes, and that magic really is in that every day of working. Like I was just thinking about that this morning that for me, I feel like I want to finish something so that I can prove to myself that I can finish something and that it can be good. Right. And then I think if I do that enough times, I'm going to believe that I'm good. Yeah, no. But I know for a fact that even very experienced, very accomplished artists, when they do interviews with them, they always say, oh, yeah. I mean, and what's the one the writer said about, like, you always start over with your... Oh, yeah. The novel you learned to write is the one that you're working <laughs> exactly. on at that time. Yeah. And it's so true. Because if it was the same every time, you'd probably get bored. Bored, yeah. I guess if you're getting, like, $100,000 checks for royalties and stuff, maybe you don't get that bored, but... I don't know. I, but I, I think we look at other people's work, like an Instagram yeah. or something, and we go, oh, my God, they got into that show. Uh, yeah. And they've arrived. You know, obviously, they're perfectly happy, and everything is great, and they never doubt themselves, and all this stuff. Do you and ever then... think that, literally think that? <laughs> or are you just like, I, or are you thinking, I want to be there. That's what I want to, I want to be there, because then people take me seriously, because you're taking them seriously because they're in that show. So you assume <laughs> right. that people take you seriously when you're in that show, even though you've been in many shows. Or I assume I'll take myself seriously. That's what I think is funny. <laughs> you know, like that yeah. I look at them and go, okay, they have arrived and I will eventually arrive. But I know intellectually that I will never necessarily feel like that. Like yeah. I, I will feel good about projects that I've done and I do. But if I'm trying something new and challenging, which is what's going to keep me interested, that's then right. I'm always going to feel no. like I'm a little step that's behind. Right. <laughs> yeah, which is so cool. 
don't know what that has to do with intent, but. Well, I was going to say, set yourself an intention of being okay with figuring out new stuff along the way and doing art badly or writing badly or do, you know, because you know, it's a very integral part of getting to where you want to be. Yeah. And so, yeah, you can be intentional. And once you get to where you want to be, you're going to want to be somewhere else. That's exactly right. I was thinking of the uh, old Hollywood axiom or sports. What have you done for me lately? Or you're only as good as your next project, your next hit. I mean, and I think that goes on a personal level too. It's like, well, yeah, but I did that, but that was just me doing that. So, (laughs) you know, now I'm going to do this other thing that's harder and going to be better. And then it may or may not be. So what I came back to today in my journal was the intention that I set every single day by starting my day with meditation, which is to live in the present moment because Mm. that's all we have. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. I suppose this is a fairly meandering look at it, you know, (laughs) as opposed to a nifty, neat blog post or an article and BuzzFeed with seven ways to be intentional. But I think it is fairly messy, just like the creative Mm -hmm. practice. But I think you can have anchors that can keep you going throughout the whole thing. And Mm -hmm. if you're having trouble, try and find your anchors and set those intentions. And you don't have to be weird about it. You don't have to tell anyone about it if it feels Mm -hmm. weird. Just make sure they feel right for you, not like something you should do. (laughs) That's, yeah. Because that's what I feel like I've done too often is set an intention of, I should be good at this, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to run three times a week, I'm going to bike three times a week, and then I'm going to do meditation (laughs) six times a week, I'm going to walk the dog, and then instead I'm going to No wonder I feel like a failure. (laughs) No, I know. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Well, after I read sort of. so many online posts about what I should be doing with my time, I realize I need at least 38 hours in the day. <laughs> right. So I set the intention to ignore all that. The beautiful thing is when you live in the present moment, you make your own time. It's true. So that's a great intention as well. And as we've talked about before, being in the moment during, while you're in your creative practice is probably the most rewarding time anyway. So, so that's it. That's it for this week. We, we've done all we can here. You're going to have to take the rest you're and run with own. it. You're on your own. That's right. Unless, and on your you own with your intention. Send up the uh, creative double shot signal in the sky at night and we'll come <laughs> on wings of fire. No, we, we won't do any of that stuff and we don't have a signal. So. But you can email us. Or you can tune in next week, <gasps> which is when we'll see you on the creative double shot. See ya. See ya.